and welcome to this week's episode of the Ski Racing Podcast. Joining me again this week is former racer turned coach Ben Clark. On this week's episode, we'll be looking back at the men's slalom and GS action from Adelboden, whilst looking forward to Cortina d'Ampezzo, where the women are racing two downhills and Super G. The extra downhills making up for the lost race from St. Anton last weekend, starting on Friday. Uh, and the men are in action from Vengen, where they're racing Alpine combined on Friday, then downhill Saturday and slalom finally on the Sunday. Firstly, happy birthday. Thank and, you. And uh, <laughs> secondly, Adelboden looked awesome, but it's absolute brutal self. It is. It looked that both the slalom and the GS at the weekend looked uh, incredible. Uh, hard work. Looked like the course crew had done brilliant work with the amount of snow flying around in in the Alps to have something absolutely bulletproof underneath. Yeah. But then also with the amount of snow falling, you could see there were some quite big judders that people had to contend with as well. Yeah, I think the snow made it so much harder. That piece has got so much character to it anyway. And then with that extra snow, the flat light windy sort of the snow wasn't as hard as normal because obviously with the fresh snow and stuff looked like it was getting rutted relatively quickly as well that for the guys doing slalom when you're hitting a gate and you get wet yeah. snow smacks you in the goggles you can't see where you're going <laughs> as you mentioned the light's flat enough already and you can't pick out any of the rolls in the no. slope um, it still looked fun to be honest with you probably not as much fun for the guys skiing as it is, it is to watch uh, but it was it was brilliant fun it's got to be intimidating though hasn't it with that piece now you know out the start with those Slight fall away, all those rolls and that flat light, and then just over that final, in, into that really steep finish and hearing that just a wall of noise from the Swiss fans. I don't think anything on slalom or GS skis is ever intimidating. Um, it might rack your nerves a little bit. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, having, having never done the speed events like you, that, I, that would be far more intimidating <laughs> than, than anything. It was always a piece that I would have loved to have raced down. Uh, it looks like such good fun and like you said possibly a little bit intimidating you know it's going to be very hard work yeah. it's not easy but it just looks great fun uh, and I think the racing lived up to Billing didn't it with uh, with Hirscher yet again on form Christofferson in second and Toma Fanara taking the final step on the podium in the GS uh, Christofferson can't, can't find a way past Hirscher still yeah. the second run from Hirscher was out of this world he was so fast I mean the fact that Christofferson beat him on the first run was something we hadn't really seen this season no one's really been able to get close to him no. so you know there was talk the last couple of weeks of whether Hirscher is having a, a you know a slight dip in form is he struggling uh, and he, well, did he a... even said it himself didn't he that he, he was still having this dip in form but I think you're right he came back absolutely flying he did and that was the first real kind of test there was granted it wasn't a big gap it was just over a tenth or something along those lines but he then absolutely put the marker down and just said no you're not going past me <laughs> absolutely <laughs> I might be, not <laughs> I might I might be having a slight dip in form but it's not that big a dip yeah exactly <laughs> Um, but a really big uh, run from Marco Schwartz, who's been uh, flying uh, in the slaloms of late. Uh, started Bib sixty seven and ended up seventh in the That's GS. Unbelievable! I don't know if he's just. I don't know if he's just so good at slalom recently that he's just not been racing GS. So his seeding points are really high, or whether just he he pulled that out. I don't know. When you're on that sort of form, you can't be winning slalom World Cups and have bad form in GS, can you? So I think he's probably gone. I'm skiing really well. And and maybe maybe the GS has been the thing that's changed him from being you know inside the top fifteen and a regular inside the top ten, um, and all of a sudden maybe the skiing more GS has put him up to where he is in the slalom and obviously now benefiting from from some sweet results in uh, in GS as well, managing to finish anyway. 
Yeah, yeah. And, you know, that will do wonders for his confidence, even though not coming, uh, not finishing in the last slalom, having that solid performance in GS will, will, will keep his confidence pretty high. So even if you're not finishing, you know that the skiing's still there. Unfortunately for the Austrians, Manny Feller couldn't uh, make it down in the GS or the slalom for that matter, but just didn't look like it was going to be his weekend. I think his yeah. approach of just flat out as straight as possible in those conditions and on that piece just yeah. was a not a match made. Yeah, well, I think uh, Craig Robinson's call of Manu Feller to win wasn't wasn't quite accurate, although he did get one call. He got, right? he got one call right. Yes, the fastest did in fact win on both days. <laughs> uh, well done, Craig. Double win, for Craig. <laughs> he's, he's now tops the he tops the picks. <laughs> Chops the picks for the year. Um. Uh, and Charlie Raposo, unfortunately, did finish. Did you see the crash? Did you see it on TV or did I, you see it subsequently on social media? No, I didn't see Raposo came out on one of those rolls in the middle before you, you go over onto the pitch and um, just sort of got caught by one of the rollers. And instead of like coming to a stop, on that in that direction he decided to just try and arc it out and then found himself heading towards a group of photographers and uh, decided he was going to try and squeeze between this group of photographers and a bee netting uh, and the gap wasn't very big and just cartwheeled over down oh, the slope no. so uh, I think that was probably the highlight of, of my, my weekend actually <laughs> cheers for that Charlie <laughs> Not very nice of you. Um, uh, hopefully the photographer's got some good shots of it. Um, uh, uh, close and personal. I'm not sure if he'll be on Slalom Tokyo Drift or something. I have no like doubt that. it will be. Uh, who, who else was it? One of the, I think one of the Americans, uh, was it, uh, was it uh, one of the American guys on the, on the last or second to last gate, flung himself, frowned. Oh no, was it not um, Zampa? Was it Zampa? Adam Zampa just uh, fell across the finish line, just falling between the around the last gate basically yeah and took the lead still on the second run but the French had a, an absolute cracking day in GS they did they had three in the top ten you obviously have Fanara on the podium Pantero keeping up his good run of form uh, coming in fourth and then also they had Victor Mufajonde down in eighth position so really strong day for them they looked like they had really had a good feel for the piece in comparison to some of the other teams I know we've spoken a few times already about the French tech team in general having a pretty good moving um, forward aren't they yeah having, having a good group that seems to really drive each other along this is the first time we've seen them really push it as, as a group in GS it's mostly been slalom but yeah Mufajonde and, and Pantro did really well to complement the, the runs of Fanara yeah Fanara's obviously in Kraken form second in Alta Badia and then fifth in Salvac Interglem and obviously topping up for the podium today so the French are absolutely flying let's uh, let's move on to the slalom another Hirscher win on the first run it, it definitely didn't look right not quite uh, as, as explosive bad as... it kind of just looked a little run-of-the-mill skiing, didn't it? Not like not the usual Pierscher style. Definitely looked like his legs were possibly feeling some of the stress from the day before. Uh, possibly he just didn't want to sit in the snow in that red chair for 40 <laughs> minutes well, while everyone else came well, down. You, so he just... you, yeah, well, as you saw from Christopherson, who took the early lead, he vacated that red chair the minute um, that Schwartz, Schwartz down. came yeah. down, it almost looked like he was on his way out before Schwartz had even crossed the line. So, you know, not great conditions. And they, they are supposed to sit there until the end of the 30 anyway. So, in terms, you know, that's the rules of... That those are the fizz rules. So. That is one of the things in, in some of those competitions you do see with the likes of Schifrin, uh, Christofferson, Lindsay Vaughan, uh, Hersher. When they do have to sit there, especially if it's a two-run event, you know, you want to go away, 
do whatever you need to do, start getting yourself ready for that next run. They look like they don't want to be there. And obviously on the second run, it really doesn't matter too yeah. much and people just want to stay there yeah, for well, as I long mean, as possible. If you have to sit, you know, if you come down in the first seven and um, leading, then you've got to sit there for an hour until you're allowed, you know, technically until you're allowed to leave. So that's definitely going to play some sort of thing. You know, the other guys can go walk around, maybe even get on a bike, try and get the muscles loosened off, ready for the second run. But if you've got to sit there in the freezing cold slash rain, then obviously that's a disadvantage. But you are winning a World Cup. You are race. winning a World Cup. <laughs> so shut up and get on with it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So uh, yeah, another brilliant run from from Hersher. His second run again, same as in the GS, was just out of this world. I mean. You feel a little bit bad for Schwartz having to Another. stand in the start gate and you know either watch or hear <coughs> the outcome of another. Hersher masterclass. Yeah, I know, and you know, second race in succession that he's been Schwartz has been leading, and then come out in the second run. I wonder now that's you know every time that happens, a little bit like I spoke about in the last podcast that in terms of the guys, the Brits were talking about getting a second run. Every race that goes past, and the same thing happens, and they don't make it, or the same thing comes past, and he DNF second run. The more and more pressure it's going to be going forward, and I think that's probably now his biggest hurdle. And I think you know he's got Vengen this coming weekend, and after. That, then he's got Kitzbühel so if he's on that sort of form he better get his act together for the for uh, the biggest race on the calendar for an Austrian yeah true but I guess it, on the plus side if he is winning first runs he's got he knows this, he's in yeah. he's probably in a better con, uh, position than some of his teammates like Michael Matt who's really probably not really performed struggling. the way that we would have thought based on what we said right at the start of the season he had a brilliant incredibly consistent season last year he was up there in all the races and this year we've not seen much of him he's had a couple near run races but but not much so Schwartz of the two you'd probably yeah. rather be him where you, where you know Definitely. the skiing's there Clement Noel finally putting two runs down and finds himself in second place absolutely brilliant he's been skiing so well all season to see him put these two runs together and deliver uh, was awesome such good skiing so nice to see he's always so fluid so smooth and just makes it look so easy uh, um, for him to find himself second and then again Christofferson fi- still finding himself uh, not to necessarily getting where he wants to but still finding himself on the podium yeah so you know with Clement Noel brilliant piece of skiing like you said he's got such great touch on his skis I think if anyone was gonna be up there in, in this race he was definitely one of those guys because he skis like he's floating on a cloud mm. on the way down so those conditions it doesn't matter if it's icy rutted slushy his technique doesn't rely excessively mm. on, on power and explosivity so it means means he can just glide glide down um, with, with so much ease. And if we thought the French had a good day in the GS, they had an even better day in the slalom with four in the top 10 and five in the top 15. I mean, you know, you've spoken a few times now about the, the little group they've got. That was some in- incredible skiing by the French. It shows the power of a collective. The thing is, when you're a sole skier, you know, when you're a one-man band, a little bit like we've seen from Dave, who obviously didn't finish, which I think was a real shame. But actually before I move on to the other stuff, but talk about Dave. Actually, he didn't finish, but that was one of the most attacking first runs we've seen from Dave in a long, long time. So, yes, we didn't get a finish, and yes, he's going to be disappointed, and obviously we would love to see Dave putting in another top-notch performance. But actually, I kind of... I was I took heart from it and I, and I was actually really pleased to see him absolutely charging that first run which we haven't seen all season long. But what I was saying about that you know this group environment you have a bad day as one of these French athletes and you can't dwell on it because the other guys have had great results or a good day and there's always one part of that group 
that's had a great day. So everything seems to be moving forward. You've had a bad day, so what? Four guys have had a great day. Exactly. And with Days Run, I was probably feeling pretty similar to you. Obviously, I was gutted that it came out. But what we saw in those in those first few gates was an attacking intent that we probably haven't seen before on a first run. That's normally what we see at the start of his second runs when he's been putting in his charges. So it was, it was good to see. Obviously, I'd like to have seen a couple more splits to see just how well he could have kept that form up. But, you know, there's going to be another slalom the next two weekends. So he can, if he can keep that... Uh, you know, confidence up from the second and the and, and the fourth he's had recently, and just keep it rolling. Then that's awesome. Bit of a shame for Lloyd Taylor. Uh, a bit like Charlie Raposo the day before, didn't have the best uh, finish, made it to the the final pitch, and ended up sliding down face first. Yeah, little, which is uh, never... little penguin side. Remember, like um, <laughs> Anya Pearson used to do her yeah, celebration when she won there <laughs> yeah. before she got yeah, to the finish. Yeah. Not down the steepest part of Adelaide. Though. Yeah. But in fairness, Laurie looked like he was having a pretty solid run. I'm, I'm not sure if he would have made the, the flip or not, but it's, it's all great experience. And he looked he looked strong and confident. He didn't look like he was shying away from the challenge, which is on hills like that, what you want to see from, from yeah, the young I, British guys. I totally agree. And I, but I do think it's really tough. And like we touched on with Marco Schwartz, I think actually the more times that he goes through not making that second run, I think that's going to start playing on his mind. But I really hope, uh, and, and actually uh, the... the the team that they've got around those two athletes with Dave and, and Laurie are very, very experienced and I'm sure they'll be doing all they can to make sure that he takes that confidence that he's had all summer long into the races. But a bumper weekend for a couple, for Karoshilov, an old favourite of ours, managing to finally find some of that form that took that Schladming win going from bib 50 into 14th. Yeah, it was Dave, Dave's, Dave's old training partner that he used was, to train yeah, together. Yeah. yeah, it was good seeing it. I was, to be honest with you, I was very surprised based on the way the slope was because when he was, you know, in the in the top seed with, with Dave a few years ago, it used to be he'd only perform on the, the most solid and steep uh, yeah. pieces and, and with it being, obviously, Alabona's is definitely not flat, but with it being uh, such soft snow conditions with, with the weather was going, I wouldn't have expected yeah. him to, to have had that, that good a performance. But, you know, really good to see him coming back as well. Uh, um, and as well as that, you catch the sighting of uh, uh, Ivica Kostelic on the on the side as one of the uh, uh, Croatian coaches cheering on uh, their young charge, Elias uh, Kalega, who went from 48th up to 6th. He had a Amazing. storming second run and just had a brief kind of shot of the group of coaches with uh, Kostelic there giving some giving yeah. some high fives. Oh, that was brilliant. And wasn't this where Kostelic? One from Bib, was it Bib sixty four? Was it when you know when he won his first World Cup and he started and he was playing the guitar <laughs> in, in the uh, in the crowd at the end? Do you remember this? I do not remember uh, this. Uh, so yeah, I'm sure I'm going to have to double check and I, I'm going to cut this and then we'll come back to it because if it is right, it's going to make me sound really smart. <laughs> if it isn't, I'm just going to totally wipe this from it. It'll never happened. <laughs> but never. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he won from Bib sixty four. Uh, at the time, I don't know if it still is, but at the time it was the highest ever bib number to win from, and I'm pretty sure it was here. And he played the guitar in the finisher. It was That's not bad. Time. It's not bad if he did. That's brilliant. <laughs> right, <laughs> and pause for me to do some googling. Now, it turns out it was uh, started with the right letter, but it was Aspen, not Adelbotion. But he did win from 64, and he did play the guitar. So can I, I'm going to take a, a half win. You can one. take a half. Well, Craig got a win. <laughs> For saying the fastest would would, would win, Craig's so I feel like I can take. Craig's got the pick sorted for the rest of the season. With the fastest will win. Yeah, um, um, but also like Fella not finishing, just had that. Um, it showed the emotion, right? I mean, I'm sure he will actually get fine for breaking his pole. 
uh, classic uh, angry Austrian race, uh, not celebration. Uh, yeah, he, well, we said a bit with the GS, it was never going to be his his weekend with the conditions and, and his style. I was always too scared to try and break my pole in case it didn't <laughs> work. Did. <laughs> and he just get left with a massive bruise across. Like, although I remember my favourite um, DNF was also definitely this time was in Adelboden, and it was Andre Murray. He just he came out just before the steep pitch as he came over he came I think I'm not sure how he came out of the course but he came out and you just see him put his slalom pole over the back of his neck and just really casually just bend each side of it down past his shoulders and the pole would snap and I think that's kind of like quite a cool whilst don't, flying down the yeah, steep don't, don't do it at home kids because you'll get in trouble but it would look quite cool on telly but I, it's not something I would try one because it's expensive to buy a new pole and, and we didn't get them handed out left right and centre but not, also no. <laughs> if, you, if you go for a pole break and don't get, and don't succeed you look like even more of a mug yeah so not a, not a great weekend uh, for Manny Fellow but he doesn't seem like the kind of character he's not going to dwell over, on it overly he? fast like you worry about the possibility of, of Schwartz's form affecting him with a couple of times coming out after the leading first runs Fenner just seems like the kind of person that by the time yeah. they're on the bus going to the next resort he's, he's over it and he's, he's ready to go again they're, they're not in buses mate they're not in buses they're on a bus right, <laughs> like they board their helicopter pimped out heli or, or maybe a flash Audi um, right let's cut to the uh, women's events coming this weekend unfortunately we didn't get to see them in action at uh, St Anton after saying that the Austrians would get the uh, the race away without any issues just because they are amazing at either creating snow or getting rid of it, depending on what needed to be there. There was too much snow for them to run in St Anton at the weekend, so uh, we were expected to see Lindsay Vonn back. She'd um, confirmed that she was going to start, and we were look- really looking forward to seeing her come back, and obviously she ch- chases this record for the overall wins. So that is having to wait until this coming weekend where they're going to race double downhill and a Super G. Yeah, um, it says a lot about just how much snow there is in the uh, uh, in the Alps at the moment. If- it's crazy dangerous as well, isn't it? There's so much snow in the Alps right now. The avalanche risks in Austria at the highest rating, and they've been the highest rating that they can be for about a week. And they've also started evacuating resorts. There's so much snow, and it's non-stop bucketing it down for two weeks. It's it's insane. You could see it didn't appear that there was ever a break in the snow in Alboden, uh in, in Switzerland and, and if there's too much snow for the Austrians to put on a race as, as you guys mentioned last week you notice a lot of snow mm. if they're cancelling things obviously speed events they need to be a lot more careful with the conditions we've yeah, seen just, quite a few big crashes this year already if there's excess soft snow lying around that is so much yeah. uh, uh, so safer it's so much safer to, to call a race off as, as frustrating as it must be for the athletes and the fans you can't be taking that kind and of risk and the organisers as well with you know, Von's knees. Um, <laughs> she's had plenty of injuries and as we've seen again from the, you know, there's more women being forced to hang up their boots this season due to injury. We're just seeing every every day you turn on your phone and you flick through social media and and, and another latest yeah. drop from the tour due to another injury. The, the Austrian women's team have been hit quite badly this week with uh, Stephanie Brunner uh, and Anna Weith both out for the rest of the season, both with torn ACLs. Uh, Brunner crashed in training and, and Weith didn't didn't crash, but. She, in that same training session or the training session the next day, he said she had pain in her knee and needed to stop. Um, and it seems that the Austrian team surgeon's going to have a busy few days. The conditions do make it hard for training. You know, if, if you come from any kind of racing background, you know 
when there's a lot of soft snow around, you can clear the line, but as soon as you're offline, you can catch an edge. And when your race skis catch an edge in something heavy and soft, you know, your, your foot's just being pulled in the wrong direction yeah. straight away. Um, so a big blow for them, but there is still racing to go ahead. And it looks like for the uh, ladies doing speed, it's going to be a brutal schedule for them this weekend. They've got two training runs on Thursday. Uh, downhill race Friday, downhill race Saturday, and then the Super G race Sunday. So, welcome back, Lindsay. Um, yeah. <laughs> I hope you're. Uh, I hope you're as fit as you need to be, ready for this weekend. It's going to be a cracking race. Cortina Zampezzo is is a great race event for the girls, and I think Italy hasn't had the same snowfall that we've seen in Austria. So, hopefully, we can see some good, solid conditions, so that we can see Lindsay Vaughn trying to get this victory as well well as Ilka Stuhetz continued that amazing recovery that she had as well as you know some of the some of the others that are still looking for form Lara Goot still hasn't performed this season you know a big name that's sort of struggling for form and the fact that downhill ladies have had some time away also means that hopefully they've had a chance to train and find somewhere that they can pick up some form that they're missing as well as you know Michelle Gissin carrying on and looking for that elusive top step. It would be interesting to see if Schifrin thinks about racing. You know, she's she's won a Super G this year. She'd originally said that she wasn't going to race in St Anton because she needed a rest. And now um, she's had the rest. Now she's had the rest and no one else has raced. It would be interesting to see if she's tempted to, to jump in and, and, and do a bit more speed or whether because she's doing so well in the tech events that she just keeps the lead in the overall and has an, has another has another weekend off just to keep herself fit and strong and, and go from there. Yeah, so it may be interesting. I think that we, you know, women haven't raced speed for a while and the tech women are racing Tuesday, which as we're recording this is tomorrow evening. But after tomorrow evening's race, they don't race again until the beginning of February. So they've got Cortina and then they've got Garmish. So, And I think Garmish is, in, is a really tough place to race speed. So I think maybe if maybe if she's looking at keeping herself race sharp because otherwise she doesn't race for two weeks mm. and you've got the world champs coming up in February. So who knows? I mean, I wouldn't have said she'd ever win some of the races that she's won on the speed side. So she's got the talent, obviously. And then blockbuster billing Von versus Schifrin. Yeah, that would be brilliant, wouldn't it? So yeah, it's going to be pretty cool. Uh, and the men are finally getting to Wengen for what I think is absolutely brilliant event. That Wengen downhill, it's everything that, sw- that skiing's about, it's everything sw- you know, everything that the Swiss are about, and uh, just that infamous hunch-off with Wengen un- written underneath in blue, jumping between the nets and the rock face, uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Did you not get bored at the top? Like a minute and a half of just sitting in your tuck <laughs> before all the fun bit starts. Oh, you're too busy ricking it that you're about to, you know, if you know that you're about to... <laughs> You need to try and conserve as much energy before you, you tackle some of the fastest and narrowest track. It's always, it's always great fun for me to watch Wengen because whenever they come back from break, whether it's like bib number one or there's been a crash and then you get the shot from the helicopter and you're following the person yeah. down. I always sit there just going, top it's so boring. Just get get to the steep bit. Get to the, get to the hard work. But you think how much that must take out of your legs just, when you yeah, think well, of you doing are walkings. Tucking. Yeah, because you're, you're just... You know. So the start is, like you said, it's relatively flat and you're in your tuck for a good, I don't know, it's going to be 30-odd seconds before you get to the hunch-off. And actually, that's quite a long... It's probably longer, actually. It's probably more yeah, like 40 I think, seconds. Yeah, I think, I think I looked at it before and, people um, were holding it for 40-odd seconds at and least. It's, and it's brutal. But the thing is, with 
with Wengen. Because it's so long, and the way it works with TV, so the intervals are over two and a half minutes. And so by the time number one goes down till the last guys go in, six, like in the 60s, it's two and a half hours later. So all of a sudden, you know, it's gone from being very hard and very icy for bib number one to be going, you know, the sun bakes that top section pretty quickly. So it ends up being quite bumpy. So it's quite fun. <laughs> <laughs> Just an added bit of <laughs> danger for it, Bengen. It is, it is iconic. And I know you have, uh, you know, one of the runs where you get the train going over the bridge when it's, when it's your run, which not everyone gets to do in their career. So yeah. you were lucky enough to have, have that. Yeah, but, I thought it was supposed to bring luck. I, I, I don't remember ever winning Bengen World Cup. Thank you very much. Yeah. train driver there's <laughs> <laughs> something wrong with that train um, but one of, the, one of the tough things with that long tuck at the start you know it can drain your legs quite a bit sitting in that tuck but just those, those last you know 20 seconds with that it's got that big S bend just before the finish oh. when you've already put your legs through oh, hell it's, that, it's, it's the, the amount sweat of, just thinking about it the amount of near misses you see people have when all of their splits are up, up, up and then they get to that bit and they've just got nothing left you can't, you almost can't train for that kind of oh, endurance I don't think you can and it's still sprinting it's not like you're you're not coming out the start gate thinking about I need to save some energy here ski racing is a sprint top to bottom um, regardless of the discipline and that track is it is amazing. You have that flat top section and then you come into, there's a big S bend just before the hunch off and it drags all your speed out. There's a big left foot. You sneak a right foot and you tuck to the hunch off and all of a sudden the ground just disappears and you just, you have, you can see the A net on your right hand side. You can see a group of rocks on your left and you tuck off what seems to be no, you know, it's a piece basher wide and it feels like it, and then you land, you've got a big right foot across icy bumps, a big left foot, and then you're tucking into that really narrow, narrow, narrow section, that little S, and you just, all you do is hope that you're going to have enough purchase on that left foot to be able to bring it around. The amount of times you see people smashing into the into the pads, a little sneak, and then you say down underneath that train, and you've got a really, really long flat bit that's the bit they mostly cut out unless you've had a tv break where the, the chopper can follow you the whole time and you come along there and then it goes incredibly fast that's where the record for um the highest speed in a downhill world cup is and it's 100.6 miles an hour and that's after about two minutes <laughs> and then so you go through this really fast section and you've got a big left foot and then a big right foot over a jump and then all you're doing is and it's a flat tuck section again after that, and you and it's just before that finish, which you you're tucking into it, going, I'm absolutely exhausted, and I know that four of the hardest turns on this track are about to happen, and so all you're doing is tucking, and it's a double right foot, and then all of a sudden it's a, a left foot, and you've got the big A nets in front of you yet again, and you're just hoping that you've got enough power left in the legs to come all the way around that sneak over before it dives down into that right foot. You've got the A-nets on your right-hand side getting ominously close. And then you try and stop in the world's smallest finish area. <laughs> I remember Bodhi, he said in an interview after one of the times that he won, he planned to fall over in the finish because he knew that he wasn't going to have anything left in his legs. Dangerous to hit those barriers. <laughs> and it's so hard. But it's amazing, and the Swiss absolutely love it. You can guarantee the whole side of that piece is packed from bib one to bib 70, and it is insanely cool. The Swiss and the Austrians know how to put on a ski race oh, with the do, fans, and whether it's day, night, whether you can access the piste or not, they will find a restaurant 
and there'll be people sitting on the roofs. There'll be yeah. people hanging off balconies uh, across the street from Finnish areas. They will, they will find a way to watch a race. And so, who do you who do you think we're looking out for? Uh, is anyone going to beat be at Foyts? Foyts is Foyts is the man to beat at the moment. He really is. He's not necessarily dominating the speed events, but the other guys don't seem to be able to put up a consistent challenge. You know, and he's, he's in his hometown, you know, home race as well. Big crowd, big finish. I mean, you saw Dominic Paris take the double from Bormio last time out, which was ages ago now, between Christmas and New Year. So the downhillers have had a, a decent rest. Um, so Dominic Paris is coming into you know the classics. You've got Wengen this weekend, then Kitzbühel. So you've got this double weekend of of madness and um so dominic paris is obviously a force to be reckoned with but the swiss in switzerland i think beer is going to be right up there and also the norwegians no, haven't had they, a, haven't had a great season by their standards they need to sort their act out a bit in downhill they're, they're strangely they've, they've only got two in the top 15 in the downhill standings at the moment but they got three in the top five in super g which you know, I know the two disciplines are different, but you wouldn't expect that kind no. of disparity between them, especially when going into the season. No. You're thinking Jans Rudd, Svindal, for anything speed-based, you expect one of them on the podium in every oh, race. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, you know, at the, at the moment, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what, what those Norwegian boys can, can pull out. I mean, you'd, you'd have to say those two next two weekends of, of, of downhill are are the ones where experience does play a big part. You don't expect any kind of rookies on the World Cup tour to be winning Wengen. Well, no, um, but we did see Dr- Thomas Dressen, the German, take Kitzbühel. And I know he wasn't from nowhere, but he certainly had, didn't have that much experience. But I do. I sometimes wonder, and I was thinking this the other day, you know, these the really tough races, the big, tough downhills especially, are the old guard just aware that the lo- of the long game? And I don't know whether we saw that from the Norwegians at the weekend when they raced in um, Bormio, but I do wonder whether sometimes they're just like, you know what, this is a it's a season long, and I've spent a lot of time on this injury on the injury table, and I, I sometimes wonder whether that may be playing on their mind. But at the same time, Svindal is one of the best ski racers of all time. And so if he wants to turn it on, the guy's got the skills no matter what his form is coming into a race. Yeah, and it's, it's quite interesting sometimes when people make a big deal out of, you know, one of the classics or one of the courses where experience is supposed to make a big deal. Sometimes people can overthink the approach and sometimes just on the day... That fight. Letting the letting the skis run when you need to, taking any speed off when you need to. Sometimes just on the day you'll feel for it works out better than all the best laid plans. But Max Franz has had a good season so far in downhill. He isn't the kind of person you think has necessarily the subtlety, but if you're talking about having power left in your legs at the end of that at the end of that thing and downhill, he's someone who, even if he doesn't have any, will find some from somewhere because yeah. he has just got that Austrian mentality of just yeah. refusing to be beaten by anything in his body. So he could he could he could surprise some people. I don't think it's necessarily his track, but he's always great to watch. Yeah, and I think and don't forget we've also got the Alpine combined on the Friday. So that's a runner downhill and then a runner slalom. The only thing that annoys me about an event like this is a lot of the downhillers use it as an extra training for the downhill 
and more time on the track. And it kind of, I think it takes it away from the, the guys that are truly multidisciplined. And I think that they take up start spots and, you know, moves the guys that are actually thinking that I can ski well in two disciplines, but mate, you know, and it is about the combined time of the two disciplines. So to the, have the downhill guys come in and take start spots and then they, they have, I mean, sometimes they have, a, they chuck the slalom skis on, but more often than not, there's a bunch of DN, DNSs on the start list for the slalom and I think that's just detracts from it but last year saw a great race we saw Victor Mufajonde take the win uh, and and we saw Peter Phil yeah. downhill legend where that and he was skiing incredibly well in speed last year we haven't seen that form from him at all this season but he managed to have enough in the tank from the downhill run to find himself on the podium come the end of the day and Paris a couple of times has come incredibly close yeah, he's such not afraid a, to such a big on, guy on the Starland skis. I've seen a couple of times where he's had a big lead, and you're just like, "There's no way he can hang on to, you know, even if it's a three second lead over someone like Hirsch." You're like, well, "It's not going to even get close." And then you see two splits, and you're like, "Two, we might be able to hang on for a third place." <laughs> um, um, but it is, it is, it is tough for both sets of guys really because you know the slalom guys have got a slalom on the Sunday as well. They could, they could use a run of slalom for to 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 help prep, get used to the slope a little bit. Generally, the combines do tend to lend themselves more to the tech skiers than the speed skiers. So if they feel they can get an extra bit of advantage for, for their downhill race, yeah. then then maybe that's, that's, maybe, that's maybe why it's... they enter. Otherwise, it would just be, let's laugh at these slalom guys doing downhill. Yeah, well, maybe, uh, that's, maybe it's my speed skier coming out of me because they also shorten the downhill. They don't shorten the slalom run, do they? They shorten <laughs> the downhill run for the little slalom guys to come I... and do some you know easy downhill. Like, no, make them start at the top. Especially if you're in Vegas. You know, if you're going <laughs> to well, do, you, it, do, do it, do it right. Yeah, don't. Yeah, you've got to do the boring bit at the top as well. You can't just do the hood job. Do you reckon Hersh will race in the combined? The combined. He's, uh, he's got a 400 point lead in the overall at the moment. I don't think he'll risk it. He doesn't need to. No. But Pantero, you know, he's. I think he's got some form in combines, and I think he may chuck him on. I still don't. I still don't think you'll you'll get a speed skier winning it. I think there's too many. Almot Kilda. He can do a few slalom turns. We've seen Yandra already bringing out the short skis when he raced in the parallel. If they went from the top and downhill, they might win. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> fizz. <laughs> Step up and make it harder for the these little guys that want to do loads of turns. Surely they need to do something to get someone close to Hershey in the overall standings. Yeah, exactly. They've got to try and do something. Again, he's on ominous form for everybody else. So uh, let's talk. Should we talk some winners? There's um, loads to pick, aren't there? Uh, maybe Alpine combined. I say Pantro for that. He's he's got to be the favourite. You could say the same. Sorry. You don't have to pick someone different. No, I feel like say, just sitting on the probably, fence. I'd say he's probably the is he the favourite? Would you say for well, that? Pantero. I guess it depends on if Hersha skis or not. I think Pantro is a decent show. What about actually? What about um, Odomat Marco Odomat, world yeah. junior champ? He's he raced five disciplines already this season, and he's. World Junior Champion in all of them Barcelona, which I think he may have been second in anyway. So, yeah, all right. Swiss, home home crowd, I'm quite happy with that. Giz, 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 Yeah, yeah, pull that one out of the back pocket. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, downhill, what do you think? Can't say four, it's can you? It's like saying it's like saying Hersher in a slalom. Well, I don't know. If it's, I don't know. If it's quite as. I don't. Think it's, it's, quite not, as it's not as nailed on. No. But he's, he's definitely. He's definitely I, I the, quite... the big the big favourite. I'm not too sure on the downhill. Part of me wants to say Svindal might have something in the bank, but the way he skied in 
in Bournemouth, it looked like he was protecting yeah. himself. So, so possibly not him. I say, I say Yansford. Let's say Yansford for the down. Well, Yansford did that. You know, if you're talking about Bournemouth form, he hit a rock, didn't he? Who oh, knows what he did? But yeah. He had two very bad days, so yeah, I, so maybe I feel like he's going to be in filled with filled with some rage okay. that he needs to let out on a long course. Okay, I think that I think Biat might take it in front of his home crowd, but I, I mean maybe as an outside shot at a podium, Steve Nyman, he likes it there, and um, and he's been skiing well in splits. It's probably quite an outside shot, maybe more of a top five. But I think I, I think Foyts is going to win. Okay. Yeah. Oh, what about what about Max Franz though? Oh, there's just too many guys. There's too many guys to pick from <laughs> in the thing. Uh, so I'm going to sit. Shall I sit on? Oh, I'm going to sit on the fence. No, I sit on the fence. Voice or just Meyer or Franz <laughs> <laughs> or Paris <laughs> or maybe Svindal. <laughs> in a or yeah, potentially in a offer. And maybe a bunch of the Americans. Maybe Bryce Bennett's going to get his man. It's a nice Slovenian. <laughs> well, Clement Cossie's coming back for a. You know, he's absolutely he's nailed himself in the downhill in Bormio. And he was the guy that yeah. crashed right at the bottom through all the B nets and ended up lying by some spectators, just sort of looking at him rather than actually doing Helping. anything to help. I spoke to his coach the following day and he said that that evening, Clement Cozy was back in the hotel. Um, he'd got a broken nose, a couple of chipped teeth, and if you take a look at his Instagram account, he's got like cuts and grazes all over his face. But he was like, I'm racing. And they were like, oh, you're not racing. You're not racing. Yeah, I expect to see him back, and he's been doing loads of training. So I think you know, it does show how tough these guys are. I don't think he's going to be one for the top step with a podium, but that's not for the want of trying. <laughs> okay, and then slalom on the Sunday? Slalom on the Sunday... I think we'll probably just have to discount Hirscher because he's he's too good. He's too good at the moment. So maybe we have to call the first person apart from Hirscher again. So, slalom. Clement Noel. Okay, no, I was going to say Pantro uh, again for... For that, if he if he does the combined, he might have a bit of bit of a feel for the yeah. for the slalom. So. And it is a tricky hill. There's a it's not an easy slope. That's no, it's got quite a fun finish on it as well, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think Pantro. All right, nice. Uh, and do we think that Von is going to get her winning streak? It's so hard start, to tell. Do you think Von's going to get a winning streak? You don't you don't know how how fit she is, what kind of shape she's in. Like she's she's been very careful to make sure she's only going to race when she's when she's ready. But is that ready to do three races in three days um, after two training runs the, the day before? I mean, that's, that's going to take it out of you. Oh, if you've not be been racing hard, isn't it? Um, like, like you said earlier, I mean, it's, at the moment it's hard to look past Stuhet. She's been racing so well. You know, the Austrians are take, taking a hit. We haven't seen great form from from a lot of other people. So, yeah, I mean, I mean Stuhet could win all three of those races if 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 Vaughn's not fully ready to go. Yeah, and I think that's the the thing. She's obviously keeping her cards quite close to her chest, and you don't get to see too much of what form she's actually gone on. But I think you're right. I don't think she would come back unless she was very ready. And she's very honest at the moment in take, looking for this record. So I think that it's all about the win for her. And I don't think any of the stuff that she's going to do between now and the end of her career, whenever that is, is is going to be done half-hearted. And I don't think that she would come back too early, even though she's chasing this victory. Because I think she did that last season, where she came back a little bit early and, and raced with a few injuries. I mean, but she's she's had quite a lot of 
injuries over her career. So she's bound to have niggles. But I think last time she came back, she came back with more than niggles. But verging on injuries, she ended up not producing her best form because she was racing to like rushing to come back to racing and I think maybe she might have sort of figured it out not figured it out but I think maybe she's decided that she's got to try and make sure that when she is racing it has to be 100% and especially you know the girls are not skiing slowly at the moment think she's going to win one uh it's a, like you say it's a bit of a shot in the dark but mm, yeah I think she may take maybe the second downhill give her the first one to sort of cruise her way in and then find her feet and then smash the second one. Ooh, be cool. I'm going to say Stu treble. The oh, treble. Three. Boom. Yeah. So it's going to be a nice little weekend for the bank balance. Just a little triple World <laughs> Cup win. If she could pull it off. I mean, she was incredible in those last two races. Not out of nowhere by any stretch of imagination, but just looked so comfortable with the speed uh, and with everything the course was throwing at her. To be honest with you, I just hope that both sets of races aren't too uh, impacted by the conditions. I hope we get some some, some good races. Let's finish off with the British front. Uh, Jack Gower is going to chuck his hat back in the ring for the men's speed races. I don't think we'll see him in the uh, combined. But he, but again, I think he'll use that as a training runner and it's the best sort of training you'll ever get on the downhill <laughs> World Cup. So. Um, I'd like to see some good form from him. I think it's been tough again with the snow conditions and starting towards the back of the field. You know, young racer still plying his trade and trying to find his feet in World Cup. So he's looking for more and more experience. And so I, I really hope that he gets that experience today, that, this weekend. Sorry, and but it's a tough race to start at the back and score a result. And I don't, you don't see many people doing that in Fengen. No, I think when you're racing someone like Vingen, it is just the experience to start off with. You know, you might use uh, some of the other resorts to, to score your results and, and start bringing your bib number down, which, as the years go by, just brings you more and more in contention to, to these kind of races. So it doesn't need to do anything in particular this weekend. Just have a, a you know, enjoy it take it all in maybe get some luck from the train that you didn't get yeah. um, well, maybe the train will be carrying some luck to dish out <laughs> and, uh, and 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 yeah just you know take the, take the experience in learn everything you can yeah. um, and if you're skiing well you, you know what it feels like and, and that's good and you know with with uh, kids fuel coming up just keep enjoying it yes. <laughs> it's not going to get any easier in the next two weeks <laughs> no and then uh, slalom with Dave and Laurie and I think Dave understandably be disappointed as will Laurie from not to the best weekend from Adelboden and I expect to see Dave come back with a bang I hope that he's able to find that form that we saw from the first part of the obviously the only run that he managed to do from Adelboden but he still doesn't let that affect his performance you want to see that same level of aggression you know the the attack we saw in Adelboden wasn't by any means reckless, it was it was controlled, it was the right kind of aggression, he didn't do anything silly. Um, so, yeah, keep up the form you've already got, put down a first run, um, and then obviously do exactly the form you've had on the second run so far. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, that's nice. been brilliant. And, and Laurie, again, we're yet to see his best form, but Vengen's another one that can chuck up some good anomalies, and, and as long as we get some hard conditions underfoot, it means that the track's been, will be there for, for a run from... the the guys outside the 30 and we've seen already this season there's been a lot of guys 
coming from outside the 30 and breaking in. It just shows the depth of talent there is, especially on the men's slalom side. It's not all about the top 10, the top 15, or even the top 20. You know, you've got guys coming from way outside the 30 and scoring top 10 results. Yeah, and if they can do that, then Laurie will be uh, <laughs> held aloft on people's shoulders <laughs> yeah. if he can get in the top 10. But it, we've seen people do it. There's, there's nothing to stop anyone. If they, really, if they really go after it, it takes two brilliant runs. But he's skiing World Cups for a reason, because he's good enough. So hopefully he can put down some runs. First things first, make that 30 and then make it count if you get in there. Excellent. Thank you, Ben. That's all we've got time for this week. And we'll see you again soon. Goodbye for now.